This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Patrick Allen, Matt Verderam, your Arrowhead Attic Dream Team is back. All hell is breaking loose in the AFC West. Every time I turn around, another Hall of Fame player is coming into the division. I'm a little bit annoyed. Matt Verderam, how are you doing, man? How are you holding up with all this craziness? I'm fine. I'm on vacation. So these teams can do whatever the hell they want. I saw your Twitter. You're not really on vacation. I'm on vacation in the sense that I don't have to show up to work, although here I am. Yeah. But yeah. Now, you know what? Uh, look, this if the Chiefs want to win this division, they have work to do. Now, I'm not saying I don't think if they played tomorrow, are they the best team in the division? Yeah. Yeah, they, they are. Um, but do they need to do some stuff? Yeah. They need to do some stuff. There's no question about that. Oh, look at that. We got a visitor, Verder. And for all you audio listeners, the the wonderful Maisie, Matt's daughter, is has entered the frame. So yeah, listen, tons to talk about today. Let's get through some business first while, while Matt parents. Um, so first thing is, y'all, we, want, we, we need you to check out our new swag store. It's in the uh, description of this podcast. So no matter where you're listening, if you're on YouTube, you're listening to audio, wherever... If you want to check out the new Arrowhead Attic Swag Podcast Swag Store, we got some really cool products in there. Mainly just podcast stuff right now, but there's more to come. Maybe we'll get you shirts with our faces on it so that you can scare kids on Halloween. We'll figure it all out, um, but definitely check that out. If you're interested in being an Arrowhead Attic member, hit that join button on YouTube. We've got a private Discord. Just more and more channels get created. There's been tailgate recipes, cocktail recipes. There's a tavern in there, uh, gaming talk, and of course, a really robust and awesome Chiefs channel. We have a lot of fun in there. Uh, and then, lastly, I'm just going to hit to we got to we got to ha- tip our hats to Casey Bierko. Uh, make sure you check out at Casey Bierko on Twitter. Dare to be different. They are our sponsors. They're the largest independent brewer in Chicago. In, in Chicago, I'm in Chicago. They're in Kansas City, which I wish I was right now, so I could get some barbecue. Uh, absolutely tremendous beer. Verderam's rocking the Casey Bierko hat. They just had a special on the Baltic Porter. Did you see that Verderam? It was I like six ninety for a six pack. I, if you go down to the beer hall, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible beer. Make sure you check them out, and make sure you let them know that you heard about us or them on our podcast. I'm so flustered with all this AFC West stuff. I can't even get my words straight. Um, all right, let's let's get back into the Chiefs talk. Uh, a couple of things going on here. All right, so just like literally just now, it broke. I believe it was Adam Schefter that the Chargers are final. The Bears are finalizing a deal to trade Khalil Mack to not the Chiefs, but the Los Angeles Chargers. And the compensation for this was a second in 2022 and a sixth in 2023. So I'm going to go maybe a little bit of a surprising route on this. I think the Bears won that trade going away. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because, all right, so they just dumped off the entire contract Khalil Mack has, which is three years and $63 million left. Look, it's not that I don't think he can still play. He can still play. The downside is if you're the Chargers, that's a lot of money. Like that is a lot. I'm pulling up his cap because I want to see the actual cap hits and I want to see exactly how it all shakes because I want to be fair to everybody involved here. But my initial thought is Khalil Mack is a is a Hall of Fame level player. That's true. 
It's also true he hasn't had double-digit sacks in the last three seasons. And last year he played seven games. Now, before that, he played 16 both years. He still didn't get the 10, 10 sacks. So do I think he's really good? I I think he I think he could have a very good season, but I think you're gambling if you're the Chargers on a guy who, frankly, at this point, is 31 years old and hasn't been particularly dominant. And by the way, like his cap hit this season for the Chargers is $30 million. Okay. Like you are not there. They had so much money to spend in free agency. A lot of that just went out the window and they took on a three year, $63 million deal. Like I got to be honest with you. If the chiefs did that on one side, I'd say, yeah, Hey, that's, that's great. On the other side, I'd be like, that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of money. Like now I want to see, and I do not profess to be, cap guru i mean i know some of it but I, I don't pretend to know all of it like now that he's been traded how much does that change things in terms of you know the, the dead money and everything else because you know there's mechanisms and, and different kinds of bonuses gets, get paid out and everything else but do i think he's a big addition for them potentially yes do i think the bears actually did pretty good getting a mid mid second and a sixth and shedding all that money yeah, I don't, I don't think that's the worst job. But I also understand why the Chargers did it, and it does make them better. You'd be a fool to say it doesn't make them better. I mean, it does make them better. So, And as far as I can tell here on OverTheCap.com, by trading him, the Bears are eating $24 million in dead money, as I think somebody just said in the chat, right? Nick Deal just said that. So yes, Nick, straight up, uh, you're right on. But look, it's going to be interesting. I mean, look, if you're the Chargers, you're better. You're better. And their defense stunk last year. So, I mean, kudos to them for getting better. How much better? That's for debate. I will say, I mean, he played – he had six sacks in seven games last year. That's pretty good. Like, I know he had a down year the year before, and you know, an eight and nine the year before in 2020, eight and a half in, in 2019. He's he's older, right? There, you, you should expect – you know, he's not going to be coming out there anymore and racking up probably 15 sacks again, right? But he's still a force in there, and the Bears are terrible. So, you know, I, it's it, now he's on a contender. He's going to get to get after Patrick Mahomes. Like, I don't like it. I mean, I, I, look, I know he's not what he was, but I see a lot of people saying, oh, he's not that good. No, he's, he's, still, good. A very, he's still a very good player. He's not who he yeah. once was, but he's still a very sure. good player. Like, like, would you take that money aside? And obviously money is a consideration here. Um, but like for the if, if, if money wasn't an option for the Chiefs, would you have traded those picks for Cleo Mack for, for this Kansas City team? No, no. Wow. Because because I think there's guys out there they can sign who, frankly, are better and younger. I'd rather have Chandler Jones, even though he's not younger, but I think he's better at this point. I'd rather have Hassan Reddick, who I think is younger and better. Uh, Emmanuel Ogba is not better, but he's younger and he's not going to cost nearly as much. Von Miller, I don't think, is a realistic option. He's probably going to Denver the Rams. I'd rather have Mac over Clowney. But, I, but, look, I mean, I think the one thing that is clear at this point, like – the Chiefs are going to have to do something this offseason because if they let Matthew and Ward walk out of the building and their answer to this is to just reload in the draft, they're going to have a really hard time winning this division. They just don't, they, Their work. defense will, it just won't hold up. But before we go down that road, I want to be very clear about something. I remember last year when the Chiefs were supposedly losing the offseason and they were missing on guys and all they had was Tooney and then Orlando Brown happened and the draft happened and they were fine. I would yeah. tell everybody, like, I get it. Broncos made a huge move. Chargers make a nice move. The Chiefs, if they want to, will have cap space. And they they could make a couple of moves and be fine. Because don't forget, they're working from the pole position on this. They're yeah. not chasing the team. They are the team. They finished, what, three games better than the Chargers? So Mac is not making up three games. But if you if you lose Matthew and you lose Ward – and they add Mac, right? Like then all of a sudden it starts becoming like, all right, that might be a two-game swing. That might make it really close. So the Chiefs are going to have some work to do. Um, but for right now, you know, the division has gotten better. The Raiders must be thinking to themselves, my God, we, we just should give it up at this point. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it is an all-out arms race because with the Chiefs, it has to be. You're not beating them if you don't get into an arms race. The biggest winner right now to me is Buffalo. Sitting there watching this division just become ungodly. Like, if the Chiefs play Buffalo in the playoffs next year, it's probably going to be a Buffalo. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Unless unless they beat them when they play them in the regular season and then they can find some way to just play them one game worse the rest of the way, 
It's going to be hard. The only saving grace for the Chiefs is outside the division. It's not that difficult. They play the South, which is a crap show. And they play the NFC West, which you get the Rams, you get them at home. I don't know what Trey Lance yeah. is. And they're better than the Cardinals and the Seahawks. So you do have, and you get the Bucs with, potentially with Blaine Gafford. So right. that is all working for you. Yeah. But the division is brutal. It's absolutely brutal. And and I'm and I want to talk about in just a second. Obviously, there's been another big move. Maybe you heard Russell Wilson is now a Bronco. Um, and I want to talk about that and of course what that means, like what is happening in the AFC West, because I think there's a larger discussion here about what's going on. Um, but before that, I, I just wanted to say if if you like this podcast and you like watching it on YouTube and you want to know when we go live, like today we went live at 4:30. Uh, sometimes we we're usually at five, but sometimes we have to move things around because we have lives and stuff. So um, hit that bell button on the YouTube channel and turn on notifications so that you know when we go live. And that's going to be especially important this offseason because with all the mania happening right now, if the Chiefs make a trade two hours from now, Verderam and I are going to be back here if it's some big trade. And we're just going to hop on and go live and talk yeah. about it. So you want to be able to see that. Make sure you hit that button and uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you like the audio version of this podcast? We're we're uh, we're down on reviews, y'all. We haven't had one since uh, like February, early February. So um, we love those because if you ask us a question in those reviews, we answer them right here on the podcast. And Lord knows everybody's got a lot of questions. Um, and you know you all can't watch live. So if you want to have a question on the podcast, leave us five star review. Make a you know write it out and put a question in there. Okay, let's talk about Russell Wilson. But before we get to that, this move and the Khalil Mack move, it feels a lot like I saw somebody in the chat say, hey, you know, the, Chief, they, the, the rest of the division saw that the Chiefs had a down season. They, you know, they smell blood in the water and they're going for it. I'm not sure that that's exactly it because I don't think the Chiefs really had a down season. They had a down season for them. Which still, yeah, yeah, they're a better season than most. But what I do think is happening and what we're seeing here is – the teams have, you know, the Chargers a couple of years here with Pat Mahomes, the Broncos a couple of years with, with Pat Mahomes. They're like, man, if we want to win this division, if we want to get past these guys, we need to go all in. We need to take make big moves. We can't just be relying on rookies. Denver, right? They've lost the Chiefs 13 times in a row. They're like, we don't have a quarterback. We got no shot of beating these guys. Absolutely no chance. Doesn't matter how good our defense is. And so do you feel like that's what's happening is that the rest of the division and, 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 and probably, you know, somewhat the rest of the AFC is like, we got to load up to get past Patrick Mahomes because this guy had his worst season as a pro and went to the AFC championship game. And it took a total meltdown for him not to go back to the Super Bowl for the third straight year. I think teams understand that to beat them, you just have to go all in in a way that you don't have to against anybody else. Now, I do think that the Chiefs have been – this is a weird thing to say, but I want just stick with me. I think the Chiefs have been overrated nationally in some ways. And I think in other ways, they've been underrated. And what I mean, and I'll expand, what I mean is they get talked about nationally like they can't possibly lose. So when they lose, it's like this stunning development where I think a lot of Chiefs fans, we're, we're sitting there like, no, they can lose. Like they have their weaknesses, right? They're saying like anybody else. Yep. And, you know, last year we all sat here like, yeah, defensively, you know, at the end of the year, they certainly cranked it up. They played much better. But like when Matthew got hurt in that Buffalo game, I think every single Chiefs fan who, who's familiar with the team was like, oh, God. Like they have no other safeties. This is going to be an all-out brawl for the next, whatever, 55 minutes of the game. And it was. Allen went nuts. Where did all those touchdowns happen? In the middle of the field, right? They have weaknesses. They're, they're human beings. They're like everybody else. And do I think they're the best team? I do. But I also think like – it's almost nationally like oh, this for granted thing. Like, well, they're just better than everybody. I don't know that they're better than Buffalo. I got to be honest with you. I think they're about dead even with Buffalo. Now, I would take Kansas City because the Chiefs have beaten them every time it's counted. But let's call it what it is, 13 seconds. I mean, how many times yeah. you want to bank on that happening, right? Like right. Mahomes, even as great as he is, had to play the game of his life to win that game. And yeah. to be fair, Allen had to play the game of his life just to be in it. So – but. I don't think Cincinnati, even though they beat the Chiefs, like I don't think Cincinnati's as good as the Chiefs. And I give them all the credit in the world. They beat them twice. But if you said to me, would I take the Chiefs in a seven-game series? Yeah, I would. Like I think the Chiefs are a better team. I think Kansas City's better than anybody in the South easily. They're better than anybody in the North. I think they're easily better than everybody in the East that's not Buffalo. Okay? In the, in the West, they're much better than the Raiders. The Chargers – I thought last year, even it's a weird commentary because they went nine and eight and they finished three games back of the Chiefs. But like, 
the Chargers to me were always the biggest threat in a lot of ways to the Chiefs because of Herbert. And they almost they almost swept them. Like they came within inches, but they couldn't get the job done. But where I think the Chiefs are underrated is this almost like because Mahomes is so great, it almost becomes like, well, it's it's just yeah, yeah, he's great, he's great. But what about and then whoever the quarterback of the week is? Yeah. He's so phenomenal that if they're even decent around him, they will always have a shot to win the Super Bowl. Always. I mean, that's what you have with a guy with that level of talent, right? It's like mm-hmm. it's like for years with Brady, the Pats, even when they didn't have a great roster in those middle years, like they were always involved. They were always a top seed. They were always yeah. there. And you feared the hell out of them because of him and Belichick. As long as they have Mahomes, they are always going to scare the hell out of people. And rightfully so. But I think nationally, the conversation is always going to be about like, how they're unstoppable, or or how Burrow's better than Mahomes. The real the real truth lies in the middle. They're going to have to be aggressive, and I do think, yeah. Look, Denver knew without Wilson, they had no shot. The Chargers know without upgrading that defense significantly, they have no shot. You're yeah. just not going to beat them consistently, and let's face it, they're at the top of the mountain. They've hosted four straight AFC Championship games. So there's, you know, there's a mountain to climb, and these teams, give them credit, they're trying to climb it. They're gunning for them. And I, I think to a degree, honestly, the Patriots dynasty has in some ways warped everybody's thinking about what a good football team should be, right? Because they had such an unprecedented level of success. And then the, the especially the late Super Bowls in Brady's career, I think everybody, when they think about the Chiefs, they just think, well, they should be like, because they have a franchise quarterback, because they have the best quarterback in the NFL, that they should be like the Patriots, meaning they should win Every year, they're, they're supposed to win six, seven Super Bowls because that's what happens when you have the best quarterback in the league and a transcendent talent. But that is, look, I mean, look at the history of the league. Brady and, the, and that Patriots team is the outlier of all outliers when it comes to the NFL. That just does not happen. And uh, I mean, obviously, you had the Steelers teams that were really terrific and the Cowboys teams. But even then, when you compare it to what the Patriots did over that span of time, it's unheard of. And so, I think we go into some of these seasons with like crazy expectations of that not only are the Chiefs the best team, but they're the best team by a mile. Yep. And that's never the case in the NFL. It's never, ever, ever the case. As we all know, the undefeated Patriots lost in the Super Bowl. So it, that should be all the proof that you need about how hard it is to do what the Patriots did and how hard it is to just go back every year. And so what happened to the Chiefs against the Bengals? That sucks. But that's what happens because it's the NFL. Well, you know, look, I'm not crapping on the Pats, who for 20 years are the greatest team I've ever seen. Okay. But context matters in life and certainly in sports. They played nobody in their division for 20 straight years. Sure. Want to argue with me? Go look at the teams they played for 20 years. I mean, the best quarterback they faced for any length of time during their run was Chad Pennington. And it's inarguable. Like, he's the best guy. They saw far for a year. They didn't make the playoffs. Now it was the year Brady got hurt anyway. Okay? That's it. And Josh Allen at the very, very, very end before Josh Allen got good. Like, that's what they dealt with for 20 straight years. This is not that. The Chiefs are facing – I mean, Derek Carr is comically the worst quarterback in this division. He's maybe the 12th best quarterback in the league. It's nuts. It's nuts how good – like, if I'm the Chiefs, I I am loading up to the hilt on defense. I get all this stuff, and I see you guys talking about Lockett and DK Metcalf. And hey, look, that's fair, right? Like, I'm not knocking that. I, I get that line of thinking. That is totally reasonable. My reasoning is you're going to score 30 with Mahomes anyway, right? You're going to be fine with Kelsey and Hardman, and, and you can draft a guy, and you have Hill and Pringle if you bring him back, and, and the, the running backs. All these guys, they're going to score their points. Uh, if I'm the Chiefs, I'm calling up Chandler Jones, and I'm, and I'm calling up Carlton Davis. And I'm calling, and if they lose Matthew, okay, which is a real possibility, I'm calling up Jordan Whitehead, and I'm calling up Justin Reed, and I'm, I and I'm calling up Marcus May from the Jets. I mean, I'm loading up, loading up. I bring Melvin Ingram back, okay. I draft a pass rusher in the first round. I, to me, I'm building that defense and saying I'll trust 15 to make enough plays offensively. I'll just, I'll, I'll take my chances. Because whenever he's had to do it outside of one half of football, he's done it. I, I just, to me, like, I, I will take my chances with that. And, you know, they're going to have an interesting situation because if they want it, they can create about 50 million in space. But will they do it? I mean, right now they're over the cap. 
obviously they have to be under in a week, but what are they going to do? I mean, I've been working the phones. I've been, I've been talking to people in the league. My expectation is that they will get Tyree Hill done before the league year, that they'll open up probably 13, 14 million in space there. Um, I mean, Frank Clark, something's going to happen. Whether he's cut, he's restructured, whatever the case may be, I don't know what that's going to be. I don't even know if they know what that's going to be yet, but that's going to happen. Mar- you know, Matthew's going to go to market. I tweeted this out uh, a couple nights ago. Not that I broke that he was going to the market, but Veach flat out told us he was going to the market in Indianapolis when, when he did the interview at the Combine. Look, right. they, I will tell you this, though. My understanding is that they, they have significant interest in bringing him back, but it depends on what this price tag is going to be. I mean, that's it. Like the, the market is going to dictate what he costs. And as far as what I'm about to say in terms of numbers, this is just my two cents. But, you know, if it's 15, 16 million a year, I think they walk on it. You know, if it's 12 million a year, I think they might they might take a bite at that apple. So we'll see. Ward, they have a lot of interest in bringing back. Can they get it done? Doesn't doesn't uh, you know, doesn't have, mean it's going to be cheap, going to be easy. He is he is well thought of on the market. A lot of teams like Traverius Ward. So. Um, we'll see, but they're going to have to be aggressive. And I, you know, if, if you look at Brett Veach's history, they're always aggressive, always. So I would expect them to be. It's going to be a fascinating couple of weeks here. What's up to everybody in the chat, by the way? What's up to our guy, Clint, Christian, Red, Tremblay? Uh, appreciate you guys. Of course, Cheeto Freak's dad is here. Um, <laughs> I want to talk a little bit more about Russell Wilson. We haven't really gotten to the nitty gritty of what that means. Obviously, it makes the Broncos better. They were sort of a almost you know, knocking on the door of the playoffs, sitting around close to the front of the line of the playoffs uh, at the back end there, and they now have an actual quarterback. And I want to I want to get your opinion on on how good you think Russell Wilson is and where he ranks with these quarterbacks. But before that, I want to ask you if you think everybody just assumes that the Broncos now. You know, that's it. They're like, I've seen them. They're an instant Super Bowl contender. I don't know that I agree with that. I think they're uh, for sure a playoff contender and we'll, we'll have a good chance at making the playoffs. However, yep. the strength of this Denver Broncos team in recent years has been the defense. They have a lot of good players over there. However, what they do not have anymore is Vic Fangio. And I think everybody just assumes, well, that defense was good. And it's, it's just going to continue to be really good. But we know about defensive regression. Good defenses almost always regress. It's very hard to, with all the offense and the rules to stay a top defense. And now they have one of the best defensive minds you know, in the NFL is no longer there. So you're talking about a new scheme. Should we just assume that the Broncos are just going to be really good on defense again just because they've been good in the past? No. No, absolutely not. And I was actually going to write about this in Sack in the Box. Not like... Losing Fangio is a huge deal. And now they may add Von Miller back. We'll see. As they currently sit, they have three guys who I consider above average defensive starters. Pat Sertan, Justin Simmons, and Bradley Chubb. Shelby Harris getting traded in that deal is a significant deal. He's a really good player. Now, look, would I still do that trade? Of course I would. But he matters. Their linebackers aren't good. The rest of that secondary can be had. Um, their, their line is not great. Like Denver, I think Denver's defense is like okay. But no, losing fans is a huge deal. So I, you know, look, everybody's gone nuts with with Wilson. Wilson is a great quarterback. However, who is the, which which version of Russell Wilson are they getting? Are they getting the guy who the last year and a half has been injured and somewhat, you know, average? Or are they getting the guy who is incredible? The entire career before that. If they're getting the guy before that, then it's a huge move, and I think they're going to win 11, 12 games. But if you ask me right now off the top of my head, like who do I who do I think uh, they, they can beat? Like I, I think they'll beat the bad teams. I think they'll beat a good amount of the decent teams. But I don't see them as a team that like they're a top two team in the AFC. I don't. I don't think I don't think they're better in Kansas City. I don't think they're better in Buffalo. I think their offensive line still stinks, which is a big problem. I mean, look, I'm looking at his numbers from from last year. Okay, he now he missed three games. He had 25 touchdowns, six picks, which, you know, the, the picks, that's great. I mean, for his career, he's never been a big pick guy. He's never thrown more than 13 in a season. Um, you know, he's the, – the, the big thing for me is how much do you get out of him with his legs? He used to be a guy who ran a lot. You know, I mean, back in the day, he was running for 850. Always yeah. ran for at least five-something. Now, in 2020, he ran for 513 yards. 
Otherwise, in the last four years, 376, 342, 183. Like, that takes away something. I mean, so I think he's a very good player. I think it was a smart move by them. I, I applaud it. And I think I think they, they did a nice job in the trade. I, I don't think they gave up too much, although they did give up a significant amount. But in the end, if they have no shot without him, he is an excellent player. And he will he will make them what I think is a playoff team. I do not think they're better than the Chiefs, but I think they're better than the Chargers. I do. Although I think it's debatable. Do you think he's do you think Justin Herbert's better than Russell Wilson right now? Would you rank him above? If you're asking like like are you asking me in terms of like who I'd rather have right now? Um, no, not like the future. Just like I guess next year. I'd rather have Justin Herbert. Wow. All right. I got into it with some people on Twitter because I said I still think Russell Wilson, I'd rank him above Justin Herbert. Obviously not long term, but you know, Justin Her- Justin Herbert's he's he threw for a ton of yards. He's excellent. But if you look and you look at Russell Wilson's average, it's 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 very good as well. He didn't throw for a ton of yards. He dealt with injuries and things. He's in a different offense. I could very easily see him come in and have that sort of like energized season with good young receivers, much in the way that you know Brady had when he went to, to Tampa Bay. That's I don't think that like I, I a lot of people are saying he's closer to Derek Carr than he is to Justin Herbert. I just think that's crazy. I think it's crazy. I think Justin Herbert's very good. Yeah, Dude true. hasn't made the he hasn't made the playoffs yet. He has. I mean, for all the yards he's thrown for, and everybody everybody always says the Chargers have a really good team. They have such a good roster. They have these weapons: Austin Eckler and 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 Allen and Mike Williams, and and they're like barely above five hundred every year. So I'm not saying that he's not going to continue to get better and they're not going to win, but let's maybe cool the cool it a little bit until Justin Herbert actually does something. So I don't know how fair that is. Like I, I mean. Is it his fault they couldn't stop anybody last year? Like, is it his fault that their coach goes for it on fourth down at the 16 yard line? Now, well, the coaching stuff, but the Chiefs couldn't stop anybody and made it to the AFC Championship game with Mahomes. Yeah, but when they couldn't stop anybody, they were three and four. No, and no, I'm talking about a couple, a couple years ago. Oh, okay, okay. When they okay, lost okay. the Patriots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, fair, fair. Look, here's the I'm going to steer this a little bit. Like, I, I think it's a fair argument, but I. I think I think at this point in his career, like Herbert's a more dangerous player. That being said, look, I mean Wilson's probably a top five quarterback. Like, yeah, I mean it's it's crazy how good this division is going to be. But I think the bigger argument is with the Chargers. Like, okay, take Herbert just not, not out of it, but aside from it, he's part of a bigger argument. Like, how good are the Chargers? Because right. that to me, like, I think Herbert's great, but are the Chargers any damn good? Right. Because every year, you're right. Like they're every year, they're everybody's offseason champion, right? Like they're going to win 13 games, and here they come, and all my, and then they lose to Houston, and <laughs> it's just what it is, right? Like I don't know. I mean, here is the big advantage the Chiefs have in this division. The big, it's a three prong advantage. Some of it is a, is by a little bit, and some of it's by a big gap. They have the best quarterback in the division. I think Herbert and Wilson are great. They're not him. Okay, they. They have the best coach in the division. Now, you, we all talk about it. There are times Andy makes me just say, what is he doing? But come on now. It, that's not even close. I mean, the three of those guys combined don't have anywhere near the, the acumen that, that Andy Reid does. Okay, But the biggest one that nobody talks about that I think is the biggest advantage in this division, they by far have the best offensive line. They oh, yeah. can protect their quarterback in a way that the other teams can't. That is the big difference. Denver's line is not that good. The Chargers line outside of Slater and, and Lindsley is a disaster. And the Raiders can't protect it. It doesn't matter anyway because Carr, Carr might as well be Neil O'Donnell compared to the rest of these guys. It makes no difference <laughs> anyway. But nobody's going to talk about that because nobody's going to draft any of those guys in fantasy football. And none of it's sexy. And that is the biggest difference right now in that division. Everybody's got a really capable quarterback and three teams have a special one. But one team can protect him, unlike anybody else. That matters. And I think that is the thing that as the year goes on, if the Chiefs offensive line is healthy and the weapons are good, you will sit there and say, man, Wilson's getting beat up in Denver. Herbert doesn't have any time. All these qualifiers. And with the, with Mah- you're going to hear this argument, Chief fans are going to get pissed off. So it's going to be like a ding on him. So like, well, yeah, look at the time Mahomes has, and look at the time Wilson and Herbert doesn't, and that's bullshit. And you know what? If it and if it was the other way around, yeah, well, you know what? If my if my house was rooted in New Jersey, I'd live in Jersey, but I don't. I live in Illinois, right? Like, shoulda, coulda, woulda. 
Wilson and Herbert are going to run for their lives a lot this season if those offensive mm-hmm. lines don't change. And Mahomes isn't. Mahomes yeah. is going to be able to sit back there and throw the football. And that is a big, big, big difference, especially once you factor in who the coaching staff has and who the other coaching staff, Denver and Oakland, or Vegas as it is, have first-year coaching staffs. And I don't know about you, but Brendan Staley, like, I don't, I'm not sold on Brendan Staley. So what are we talking about? Like, right. the Chiefs have mass advantages. But if they let Ward and Matthew go and they don't fix that line, they have a big disadvantage on defense. They just have to have it even defensively. They have that they're winning the divisions if they're healthy. But they've got to build up that defense. You're listening to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. We appreciate your support. And we also appreciate the support of our sponsors, the Kansas City Beer Company. Check out at Casey Beer Co. on Twitter. All right. So as we move on here and we start to talk a little bit about free agency, some of the other teams are starting to make their moves. The Chiefs have a lot of cap gymnastics they still have to do. The draft, is there going to be a trade? There's rumors flying around all over the place. I want to talk about the receiver market because it's dried up a little bit. Some of the guys you thought, well, maybe they're going to, maybe Chris Godwin's going to hit the market. Nope, he's gone. Forget about Devontae Adams. Some guys have been retained. Um, one, one, and Matt Connor, our, our, one of our co-hosts on the show and the, the editor at arrowheadaddict.com, he had an interesting article where he talked about, uh, I thought this was really insightful, Josh Reynolds re-signing with the Lions. You might remember the Chiefs were, were interested in Reynolds last offseason. He ends up going to Detroit. It's a nice little contract. And he decides to go back to Detroit. I think he got paid about $6 million. Really, you know, good receiver. Has played well, particularly, you know, flashed nicely in the Rams system. What does that tell you? And this is what Matt was getting at in his article was like, what does that tell you about what, what his expectations are and his agent's expectations are for the wide receiver market? And Matt, you were just at the combine. So I'm, th- this is where a lot of these deals happen, even though they're not technically supposed to, as all these oh, yeah. conversations happen at, at the combine. So did you hear anything? And do, what do you expect this wide receiver market to look like? And on the backside of that, out in Seattle, a little bit of a fire sale going on. You think either of those two guys could be available and do they fit with the Chiefs? Oh, they're definitely available. I mean, you trade Russell Wilson, everybody's available, right? Now, do they fit? Of course they fit. Tyler Lockett went to K-State and, and Metcalf is a beast. Um, and hell, hell, you know who's rooting for them to get DK Metcalf? Cole Hardman, so he never has to hear about it again. They, they took him instead of DK Metcalf. <laughs> well, I think um, if they get DK Metcalf, McCole Hardman's going to Seattle. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Uh, you got to have a third receiver. Who's your third receiver? I, I just I feel know. like he'd, he'd be a part of that deal. You know, they get a, a, a young, fast, talented receiver back, not Metcalf, plus a yeah, pick. The so Drew Lockett over throwing by 10 yards. Um, <laughs> right. No, you know what? I think, you know, with Godwin getting tagged, Williams getting signed, I mean, that stuff was all expected. At first, I think people thought Godwin might hit the market. I know I did, but then you start hearing, okay, no, they're going to they're gonna tag him for a second time. Um, Allen Robinson's out there. He's going to get paid. Amari Cooper's probably going to get traded. You know, and if he hits the market, he's going to get paid a ton. I think the, the next wave of guys are like the Juju Smith-Schusters. Um, what happens there? I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, does Does he get – a multi-year deal. I mean, after coming off of what he he did a year, I, I don't know. Probably not. It's probably going to win your contract. Right. Um, I think if, if you're the Chiefs and you're going to spend money at receiver and free agency, it's probably going to be on an Allen Robinson type. I think that's probably where it's going. I got to tell you, if I were the Chiefs, I would sp- I would spend every available time they have defensively. Like just the mm-hmm. way everything's gone the last week, I'll, I'll take a chance on the draft, which is by the way absolutely loaded with receivers. I'll draft the receiver in the second round. I'll take my chances on it. I'll also take my chances at Hill, Hardman, and Kelsey, and that running back group is enough to score 30 a game. Like, um, but if they can get Smith Schuster. Yeah. But if they can get Smith Schuster, I would do that. And that makes sense. Um, you know, Josh Reynolds was a the guy they looked into last year. He signed the extension with Detroit. But there's guys. I mean, Christian Kirk is interesting at Arizona. You know, he's he's more yeah. of a slot guy, but he's he's somebody who's very very highly thought of in the league. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to get a nice deal for himself. So you know, Christian Kirk is a guy to watch. Um, I'm just trying to run through it in my head quick, make sure I'm not forgetting somebody really obvious. But um, you know, there there are some guys who are who are out there. I mean, the old friend Sammy Watkins. I don't think the Chiefs are going down that road, but he's out there. Um, you know, we'll see. I mean, Jarvis Landry, if he gets cut, you know, does he does he fit with the Chiefs? Um, yeah, he's a chain mover. 
Jarvis Landry's, you know, we, we, we talk a lot about leadership and we talk about Tyron Matthew. Jarvis Landry's that dude. You bring in that guy, you have another leader in that receiving group. Um, he moves the chains. He's been relatively healthy until last season, had some issues. Really productive player. They loved him in Cleveland. We'll see if he's back. If he if he if he's if he's out there, I, I would I would like that. But I want to talk about the DK Metcalf thing because I was on uh, the home stretch with with our another co-host from our show, Sterling Holmes, yesterday, and we talked for about half an hour and we talked about Lockett and we versus DK Metcalf. And if the Chiefs were going to go after one of those guys, who do you want? I feel like if I you know if I could do it, I w- I want DK Metcalf because I feel like Lockett's. He's a field stretcher, somewhat similar to Tyreek Hill. And with the way teams are playing the Chiefs on defense, DK Metcalf could really make some teams pay underneath a little bit. Obviously, he's also got tremendous speed. He's a monster. I mean, if you're going all in and you really want to jack up that offense, which of those two would you go after? Metcalf and, and sorry, I'm, I'm, who's the other one? And, and Lockett. Metcalf and Lockett. I'd, I'd go after Metcalf. That guy is just... That guy is such a physical freak. Man, the home store in the football. Yeah. God, but good luck, man. That ball is just yeah. going downfield. But, I, you know, listen, either one of them would be great. But I really think with the Chiefs, like, offensively, everybody's so hyped up about us. Like, they scored a ton of points in the playoffs. This it, is not – their offense was fine. They, they, their defense, their pass rush sucked. Their pass rush is 29th yeah. in the NFL. Like, they need a pass rush. I think sometimes it gets it becomes like fantasy football. Like, oh well, you know what? If, if we can, if we have another, if we have a fourth receiver who makes the Pro Bowl, you got Hill and Kelsey. They're going to the Hall of Fame. Like, what? Yeah. I mean, my God, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just, if I'm the Chiefs, like, you need to allocate resources on your defense. That's what you need. You know how many times I sat there and screamed at the offense for about a month when they were in that one rut, right? And they weren't they weren't playing well. I screamed at the defense about three quarters of the season. Yeah. They couldn't get home, and they couldn't get pressure, and Clark and his $27 million cap hit couldn't get a sack, and then you got to listen to people like, well, he's a leader. Okay, great, he's a leader. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't, he doesn't do what they need him to do. I'm going to be honest. I, look, Chris Jones, fan of the podcast, apparently, my guy, they need him to have 10, 12 sacks, not right. six, not seven and a half. Like, he's got to be a force. Now, now listen, I don't want to have that taken the wrong way. I think he was excellent last year. A lot of times getting doubled and everything else. But they need him to rack up the sack numbers. They do. Like, they need – like, Melvin Ingram even was terrific. But, like, how many sacks did Melvin Ingram have? They need guys. Like, you need you need to get sacks. I'll, I'll hear the argument all day about pressure rate. And, okay, fine. But pressure rate doesn't turn second and 10 to third and 17. Yeah. Sacks do. Sacks do. Because you're going to get pressure all day long, but if you're playing Josh Allen and it's second and six, and you've got him for a 10-yard loss, he throws a damn ball away because you couldn't quite finish the couldn't finish the deal. Well, now it's third and six, and it's not third and 16. Yeah. So, like, come on. Like, they need guys who can finish the job, who can get sacks. And that is something right now they do not have enough of. And this class in the draft, the best position at it is edge. I would take a guy in the first round. I would bring back Melvin Ingram, by the way. I would go out and try to sign either Jones or Reddick or Agba. Okay. I mean, I would load. I would try to have four guys who I felt like were capable of getting double-digit sacks. Like, I would yeah. do whatever it took, sign Ward, and then replace Matthew with a cheap vet or free, or even a draft pick. And, and that's one of those things you have to cross fingers and hope a little bit. But you know what? Sometimes you have to do that. They did it last year with the offensive line. They took Creed Humphrey in the second round. Yeah, Like, he took Trey Smith in the sixth. Like, it's easy sometimes to look back and go, yeah, well, hey, that worked out great. Yeah, but at the time, you didn't know that was going to work out. Right, right. You know? So, sometimes you have to you have to mix it up a little bit and take a chance here or there. But I think they should load up on these – you've got to get – especially when the quarterbacks are great in the division, but the other offensive lines are not. Well, how do you make their offensive lines and their quarterbacks even worse? You're going to beat the hell out of teams up front. Right. That's and how if, you do it. And if you're losing Matthew, it helps your secondary immensely if you can get that pressure up front. So I, I did have to call this one out. Lucas in the in the chat says, DK Metcalf isn't a very nuanced route runner, uh, but he's built like Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> he's a freak, and it may not ma- so it may not matter. He is an absolute monster. Um, 
listen, when when it comes to the, the, the free agency, we talk about losing the Badger here. And it seems like it's a, a very distinct possibility. And then where does he go? And you've been, a, you've been bringing this up a lot. What if he goes to the Chargers? So what if the Chargers add Khalil Mack and Tyron Matthew? How are you feeling now about the Chiefs position? Um, I, I, I saw today that it's expected, maybe, maybe it ended up happening while I had my head down working, that Logan Thomas could potentially, is going to be released. How do you feel? What do you think his value is if he hits the market? And do you see him as a potential replacement? Or is he going to be just as expensive as a Tyron Matthew? Logan, Logan Thomas? Yeah, did I get the name wrong? Who are we talking about? Because Logan From, Thomas is a tight end. Oh, wa- sorry. Safety in Washington, for goodness sake. Landon Collins. Landon Collins. <laughs> I was in the ballpark. Right church, I, th- wrong cue. This, um, is, what, this right. is what happens when you're putting together the, the outline of the five minutes before the show. <laughs> you never know what happens. But Landon Collins is basically a linebacker at this point. Yeah. And I got to tell you, and I can't really get into how I know this, I, I do not think the Chiefs are going to pursue him. Okay. I, I don't know that based off of recent conversations, but I remember when he was a free agent years ago, there was not a lot of interest at that point from Kansas City. So I, I do not think he will be a fit for them. You never know. Again, not recent conversation, so maybe things have changed. But when he was a free agent three years ago, the Chiefs had no interest in signing him, to my understanding. All right. All right. So if you lose the honey badger and what's your, what's your feeling on that now? Do you think he's gone? He's going to hit the market. Somebody with cap space is going to outbid the chiefs. I think it's more likely than not. He's gone. Um, talking to people around the league, talking to, talking to some people around that situation. Um, look, there was a report uh, by, by Dove Kielman that they had not offered him a contract. I dug on that. And to my understanding, that that is not inaccurate in the sense of did they um they're kind of willing to see what the market sets the price at and by the way and i don't think dove intended it to be this way but i think sometimes maybe it came off a little like the chiefs were disrespecting him and i don't think it's it's not that like it's more i can tell you right the chiefs have a ton of respect for him they they really do genuinely love the guy the problem with that is if you if you want the market to set the price a little bit and you're not sure what the market's going to be for him, let and that, um, the numbers are my own, but let's just say the Chiefs offered him ten million dollars a year, okay? Because they thought that's where the market was going to be, but maybe he thinks it's going to be fifteen million a year. Now he feels insulted, right? Because you've lowballed it, right. at least in his market. If you come in, maybe he thinks the market's twelve million a year, and you come in at fifteen million a year. Well, now you, you're paying way more than you should. So if you let it go to market, kind of with the understanding with the representation, they look. We're still interested here. Don't forget about us. But we're not going to make an offer because who, who knows how this all plays out. I mean, that's not – and I'm not saying that just with the Chiefs and with Tyron Matthew. I'm just saying in general. Like that unfolds all the time in the NFL. Like you you sometimes let the market play play out and see how it goes. Now, the flip side of that is Tyron Matthew could sit there and go, well, if you don't have enough interest to just pay me now, then screw you. I'm leaving. And I'll go somewhere else. That's very possible. I think it's more likely than not that he's gone. but. I do know that they have interest in retaining him. And it just depends on what the market is. But all it takes is one team. All it takes is one team saying four years, 65 million, we're good. And he's gone. So I would be mildly surprised if he's back. All right. So the Chiefs are in the market for safety, it looks like, uh, probably. But I do, I you know, the strategy is kind of sound of like, hey, let's not bet against ourselves here, you know. Um, but it does tell you about, the priorities of the team. And it tells you that as much as they might respect Tyron Matthew, his position right now is just not at the top of their priority list. If it was, they, they could create the cap space to sign him. But I think that they're worried about, like if you're looking at, and if you're the Chiefs and you're looking at, if you're choosing between Charvarius Ward and Tyron Matthew for all the leadership that he brings, I'm sorry, I'm taking the corner. I'm taking the younger corner over the older safety in that situation. And that could be part of the, part of the deal here is they're like, we we need to spend money on a pass rusher. We need to spend money on corners and safety is just not like, not that, that high on our priority list, especially with one Thornhill doing a decent job last year. Maybe they think they've got options there. Well, maybe. And the other thing is, let's be real about it. Tyrone Matthews is going to be 30 years old there in a few months. Yep. Are you paying for past performance or future production? 
And, you know, that's that's a real risk. I think this offseason is going to be a little different for the Chiefs and for the fans in the sense that it's not just going to always be like, oh, they're just better. They're just better than everyone. And this is going to be just, oh, of course they're going to win 14 games. The AFC's caught up to them. And I think that's probably the worst and most haunting part of that loss to the Bengals is they should have won that game. And they probably should have won the Super Bowl. And they didn't. But I always look at it the flip side. Maybe it's the optimist in me, um, which is which is a very small part of me. Um, they won a Super Bowl. And they did it in an, age, in an age and an era where it was not easy. You know, yep. Lamar Jackson was MVP that year. Brady was still in the AFC. You know, the Niners were awesome that year. Like that. If they never, you know, if they don't win another one, is it really disappointing? Yes. But, like, that team did not come up empty. You can never look back and feel like they're the Fouts Chargers or they're the Moon Oilers or they're the Rivers Chargers, right? Or any type of Jim Kelly Bills. You never have to look back and say they never did it because they did it. Like, and you know what? For everybody who says, yeah, but that Bengals game. Well, you know what? Brady lost to Mark Sanchez at home and Joe Flacco at home and Ryan Tannehill at home. Like, yeah. Shit happens, guys. Hell, he lost to Flacco twice, okay, at home. So, you know, I mean, there's always that longing for the one that could have been, but they won one. And by the way, they're still right there. I still think they're the best team in the AFC, but I think they are going to have to rebuild this defense. The good news is they had to rebuild the defense the year after they went to the first AFC title game, and Beach did it, and they won the Super Bowl that year. And this past year, they had to rebuild the offensive line, and now they have maybe the best offensive line in football. He has shown a willingness to do that and to be very good at it. So all's not lost. And by the way, I think really, look, the one thing I will take, tell everybody to do, take a step back and breathe a little bit. Free agency hasn't even opened yet. Okay, I already my Twitter feed's already like a, a dumpster fire. Look, they can't sign anybody yet. And they're not going to go out and trade for Russell Wilson or Khalil Mack. So I just breathe. It's okay. Okay? Like, just wait it out. And if they don't sign somebody the first day of free agency, that's okay. Like, Brett Beach, in my opinion, has more than earned the benefit of the doubt here. He has shown that they will do what they need to do. And I think this team, come camp, will be ready to go. And will be very, very good and will be the favorite in the West. And I think we'll probably win the division if they're healthy and have a very good shot to go back to and win the Super Bowl. Okay. Um, but it, it is a loaded division. It's a loaded conference. It's harder than it was before. But I still think they're in good position. And you know what? It's hard to say how everything's going to shake. But like, what if they end up signing Ward back and they sign, I don't know, Chandler Jones and draft the first round edge rusher? Right. Then you're like, all right, they're in pretty good shape. You know, like yeah. that, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing horrible about that. So I think they'll be fine. But I do think some scary hours are ahead for the Chiefs in the next week as everybody starts freaking out and writing think pieces about how Khalil Mack is going to look like Deacon Jones and Russell Wilson's <laughs> going to get back to a Super Bowl, even though he hasn't in almost a decade, and so on and so forth. It's going to be interesting, too. And one thing I think we always forget as fans when we're looking at the roster is you're like, okay, so these guys, Creed Humphrey, we know who Creed Humphrey is. No, we don't. Creed Humphrey is going to get better. Smith is going to get better. Bolton is going to get better. It's, it's you know, regression is possible, of course, but probably not. Those guys all played so well as rookies. Willie Gay going into a crucial third season. Anthony Hitchens is gone. All that athleticism. Remember those plays, some of those plays he made, batting down balls, picking balls up? Like, he's going to get turned loose next year. How much is that going to impact this defense? How many plays is he going to make that he hasn't had the opportunity to make? How many turnovers is he going to cause? There's a lot of, 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 of positive things that the Chiefs have done that haven't really fully paid off yet um, with these young guys that are going to be developing. That's really exciting for me. And speaking of, of a younger guy, Orlando Brown Jr. has been tagged. And I wanted to get your opinion on this. Obviously, that's one of the reasons why the Chiefs don't have any cap space right now is because he's on the right, books for right, a massive right. amount of money. What's the deal? Like, do they intend to go into the season with him playing under the tag? I mean, you're the Chiefs. No. You need cap space. You need to add all these players. Why wouldn't you just get this done? You need to get it done now because free agency's next week. So, no, they don't intend to go into the season with him on the cap or on the tag. I think the expectation is 
that he'll be signed before the July 15th deadline, but he's probably going to be signed close to that deadline. So I don't think they're moving space around with him. And they're going to be ca- they're going to be carrying that 16 and a half million. The reason is, look, when guys are tagged, like right now, Brown's side has the leverage. And by the way, Brown is not represented by an agent, to my knowledge. So um, that makes things even harder. But he has he has the leverage because the Chiefs go to him and say, all right, man, hey, look, 20 million years, like not 24. All right, well, the Chiefs are like, no, I'm not paying you 24. He's like, well, you gave first round pick for me. You give me 24 million. That's what I want. And then July 10th rolls around, and now he's looking to have him to play on a one-year deal, and it's getting closer and closer and closer, and she's like, hey, man, 21-5, uh, 22. Okay. Whereas right now, maybe you don't settle 22. Maybe, maybe you want 24-25. So it becomes harder. I think the Chiefs could they sign him tonight to a long-term extension. But the expectations that they will, I asked Fred Veach about this in Indianapolis, and he flat out said, look at the Mahomes deal. Look at the Jones deal. Um, you know, those those deals, those big deals, they take time. And we expect to have it done before the season. So I think they will. I mean, they loved everything they saw with Orlando Brown last year. And how could you not? He was a great teammate. He played really well. I thought, I don't know about all of you guys, I thought he played great down the stretch. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was a year, as, once he got about halfway through the year and got comfortable, I mean, they were – how many times was there pressure off the left side? They were rolling with him at left tackle. Yeah. So I think they're fine. I think they'll sign him long term. I think Tyreek gets the extension done before um, the, the, the league year starts. I'll try to break that. We'll see. Um, you know, so far got to be enemy one. So maybe I'll maybe I'll go uh, two for two here. But <laughs> I, look, I think I think you know the Chiefs. If they their druthers. Maybe Ward gets done, but it's hard. You give your various Ward. Don't you want to hit free agency at this point? See what's out there. Sure. The downside of that is, if you, like, let, let's just say, and, this, and I have no idea if this is true or not, but let's say the Chiefs are like four years, $45 million. If you're him and you think that's about your market, do you sign it? Because if you don't and you say, nah, you know what, I'm going to see if I can get 50. But what happens if uh, J.C. Jackson signs and Stephon Gilmore signs and Carlton Davis signs and, and Darius Williams or the Rams signs and the Chiefs sign a few guys, all of a sudden it's like, man, uh, how about two years and $22 Because that's all everybody's got left in their corner budget. You <laughs> right. run that risk. And every year, every year that happens to some guy. I remember a few years ago when Jadavian Clowney hit free agency. It was a year he ended up signing Tennessee. And everybody had him as their top free agent. He's going to get paid $100 million plus. And I spoke to a few agents about that whole thing. And I had a guy flat out un- unequivocally tell me, there is no way in hell he's getting that. None. There's no way he's lucky if he gets $20 million. And I actually like laughed. I was like, yeah, right. You got 10 yeah. You got $10 million. Like, yeah. So if you're Ward, if the Chiefs come calling and you, you, know, you want to stay and you like the offer, that's the reason you might take it. Because if you don't, maybe you get more. Maybe you get the same. But money in free agency can dry up really quickly. And if it does, you don't want to be the one without the chair. Then you're screwed. Right. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to be uh, – or worse yet, you ever do a cakewalk? You don't want to be the guy who doesn't get a cake. You never want to be the guy without cake. No, right? Um, uh, listen, everybody, uh, just a heads up. I wanted to promote something here. If you, if you are interested in becoming an, a member of the Arrowhead Addict uh, podcast, a sustaining supporter, hit that join button. We, uh, we have the private Discord. It's a lot of fun. You get special emojis. And actually, on, on, on uh, Monday, the 21st of this month at 5 p.m. Arrowhead time, we're going to be having a happy hour for just the folks, for the members. And the Arrowhead Act Discord will all be there. We're going to crack a few open and have a good time uh, and get to know everybody a little bit more. So if you want to be a part of that, look into the join button. Not required, of course. Uh, but we have a good time. We'd love to meet more of you. Okay. Um, last thing I wanted to talk to you about was your experience out at the Combine in Indianapolis. It's a big deal. Um, I know for the regular NFL fan out there, you, you, you think it's, it's this thing that happens on ESPN and, you know, it's this, uh, you know, the meat market or whatever you want to call it. These guys come out and they get measured and they jump and they run. And that is part of it. And the scouts are there and everybody's evaluating the talent. They meet with guys. But there's a whole other thing that happens behind the scenes. And if you're, you're in the media like we are and you go to one of these things, there's, there's the steakhouse where everybody gets together and the hotel bars and all these things. And that's where the mingling happens. And you notice, you notice that like, you don't see Brett Veach 
or Andy Reid at the draft, right? Everything's done at that point. Nobody's going to go. They stay in their war rooms, right? And But you do see everybody's at the combine. Everybody goes to the combine, and there's a reason for that. And it's not just to check out the players. There's a lot of business happening. So uh, floor is really yours, Matt. What were some interesting things that you saw, whether it is in regards to prospect workouts that you think people that might be might be good for the Chiefs? I know Mafe is on a lot of people's boards for an edge rusher. You and I met him. Great guy. Saw him work out. Um, and then what about the behind-the-scenes things? Did you hear anything? So yeah, a few things. Uh, first of all, I'm, you I'm still tired from Indianapolis. Okay, I'm 33 and a dad, and I was out multiple nights to 5 a.m. So I and then and then at a press conference at 8 a.m. still smelling like a cigar. Monte Crisco, by the way, is beautiful. But uh, look, so prospect wise, first of all, Boye Mafe, who's an edge rusher out of Minnesota. If you're not familiar with him, you should get familiar with him. As Patrick mentioned, we met him. I wrote about it extensively on a piece that's pinned at the top of my Twitter page, which I would love for all of you to read. I, I put a lot of work into it. And I enjoyed. I loved writing it. Boye Mafe, first of all, personality-wise, my God, would he fit with the Chiefs? That guy is that guy is Chris Jones from a personality perspective. Okay, number two, I think it's about right where he's going to go. I think he'd be a home run for the Chiefs. I really do. I think he fits everything that they do in a lot of ways. So that's one thing. And he ran well. He ran very well. So in the Indianapolis, from what you hear, here's what you know from talking to NFL people with the draft receivers, edge rushers, Malik Willis. Those are the three takeaways from Indianapolis. I think a lot of people love the edge rushers. I think there's going to be a half dozen that go in the first round. Receivers, look, Traylon Burks did not run particularly well, but he's still highly thought of. Drake London out of USC. Uh, excuse me, out of USC. He'll go away for the Chiefs pick. Chris Olave is a guy who I think helped himself out of Ohio State, ran really well. And then there's, there's Jameson Williams out of Alabama, who's a guy who might go around with the Chiefs pick. Blazer, really good player, obviously coming off the injury, but a really, really good player. But a lot of guys who ran really well at receiver. And then at edge, like I mentioned, look, there are guys who are going to go way at the top, guys like Hutchinson, okay, and Thibodeau and, and, and whatnot. But there are a lot of guys, a lot of guys who are going to go in the first round. So I would keep an eye on those guys. And at quarterback, I don't think anybody's particularly in love with this draft from a quarterback perspective. In fact, I think most people feel it stinks. But Malik Willis is going to go in the top ten. I will bet. I will take on all comers. You want to bet against me with that? He's going in the top ten picks. I do not think he gets past Atlanta. I don't think he's going to get past Seattle, Carolina. I think those teams. One of those teams is going to is going to uh, make the move. Uh, excuse me. My wife is texting me. She's asking me when are we leaving because my daughter's going to go ice skating. That'd be a few minutes. But I think beyond that, what you, you know, in the steakhouses and whatnot. And my God, I ate enough shrimp there. I'm still sweating out all that sodium. But man, it was good. I was told. And you hear as well, the Browns and the Dolphins are going to be big players in, in free agency for receivers. They both want to get on the receiver market. There's a lot of smoke around Cousins. And I haven't gone and reported any of this because I don't know that I have enough to make it a report. There's a lot of smoke around Kirk Cousins that he might get dealt. And I think if he gets dealt, the team that makes the most sense is Cleveland. I do. Wow. I what happens to Baker? I don't think they want Baker past this year. And I and and, and there's a lot of connections there. Stefanski coached yeah. Cousins in Minnesota. The new GM in Minnesota, where'd he come from? Cleveland. Like, there's a lot of connections there. I think if he gets Dell, I think he makes the most sense. The Colts, everybody's going to say that. They don't have a first-round pick. And who are they, and they have no quarterback to trade. Like, the Browns could trade Baker over there. So, keep an eye out maybe for something there. Zach Ertz, my understanding there is that he and the Cardinals are engaged in discussions. I think he's probably the best tight end available along with Uzama. Uh, I don't know if he gets to market. But I think, you know, the, as far as the Chiefs, look, it's hard. You, you don't see the Chiefs out and about. You don't. I mean, Andy, maybe you see him at a sushi restaurant. That's about as far as it goes. But I think the general belief with the Chiefs is that they're going to be selective, but selectively aggressive. Now, you know, look, sometimes when you do that, do you get your guy? Maybe, maybe not. But I, I firmly believe with them. Like, they have never sat back and done nothing in an offseason with Feech, ever. And you're going to tell me that that guy, who's one of the most competitive people in the business, he's going to see this division and he's not going to do anything? I have right. a really hard time believing that. Okay? Even if in his head right now he feels that way, I think it's going to be one of those things, like if you've ever watched an eBay auction, right, and the, and the, the time's ticking down, you're like, I can't do it. It's $50 over my budget. And then you get like eight seconds and you're like, I don't care. And put in like a bid that's like $400 more than you expected. 
I think the Chiefs, even if that's the thought process, I think they're just going to go, you know what? We got to get involved. We got to do something. We got to change it up. So I still think they'll be selectively aggressive. I think so as well. Veach, we know, is a competitive guy. He likes to make a splash and he usually does a pretty good job of managing all these things. So don't don't make any mistake. Brett Veach, Andy Reid, they have a plan. If you think you were pissed off about that loss to the Cincinnati Bengals, that ain't nothing compared to what was going on in one arrowhead oh, drive and all pissed. of those. They're guys. still pissed. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, so, as a side note, and then we can yeah. wrap it. I uh, I ran into the Bengals defensive coordinator in Indianapolis and just had a had a couple minutes just to chat, nothing crazy, but I asked him about that game. So, you know, what did you change? Like what was your big he's like, No, nah, you know, we just you know, we just started playing better and this, that, and the other, and he didn't really say much. And I said, Well, what did that what did that play at the end of the half do for you? He's like, We we felt like we were gonna win the game if that happened. Like he's like if they went in and score there, he's like we're, we're in deep trouble. He's like, we probably don't win. He's like, but they didn't score any points. He's like, we went into the locker room, felt like a totally different team. So that play, if you didn't get met a lot, yeah, it did. It did. Yeah. Because I can tell you, talking to talking to their the coordinator, it, it clearly meant a lot. And uh, it changed the whole tenor of that that game. So, and, and from right from his mouth. So, and I don't feel bad saying that. It wasn't sourcing or whatever. I, I, I barely know Lou, but it just saw him at the bar and he was, uh, you know, proud and he should be they had a great year yeah dan odell in the chat asked uh, do you all have some arrowhead attic merchandise we do check the description of the show wherever you're consuming it it's there on youtube with the links to go and check out some arrowhead attic merchandise you can also go to swag.fansided.com and uh check out the collections and find arrowhead attic and had tips to reggie green for the super chat we really appreciate you, you your support especially here in the off season there's Almost 160 of you watching this show right now. We've been on for an hour and, uh, you know, it's um, <laughs> there's no football being played. So we appreciate you guys more than, you know, head on over to Apple Podcasts, Leave us a review over there. And again, if you are interested in becoming a sustaining member of the Arrowhead Attic podcast, join, become a member. You get all kinds of cool benefits, including a private discord where we're, I just gave my black Manhattan recipe today and I'm waiting for guys to start sending me pictures of it. Absolutely fantastic drink. I think I'm going to make one as soon as we get out of here. But not you, because you've got to take your daughter to ice skating, which sounds lovely, actually. They literally just left. So, uh, oh, they just, you're home. I, well, I, I will be, uh, I'll be meeting them. My yeah. wife is like, that's nice. <laughs> We're leaving. <laughs> well, we'll let you get moving. But thank you, everybody. Listen, next week is going to be crazy. Free agency starts on Wednesday, right? 16th. That's uh, the date. Tampering period opens on Monday. Tampering period opens on Monday. Way, so you're I'm gonna show real quick. Monday yep. at eleven o'clock, go to the stacking in fact, do it right now. Go to the yep. stacking the box YouTube page and please subscribe to it. Because on Monday, I am going to be doing a live stream the second free agency tampering period opens at eleven AM Central. I am going to break down everything that happens in real time as it's happening. So if the Chiefs sign a big free agent, I am go- hell, maybe I'll break it. Okay, I'm gonna be on the stream. So if you want to watch it, instead of refreshing Twitter every 10 seconds, let me do that. Watch the stream. I'll be on with Mark Carmen. We're going to have people on as well. Okay. Go subscribe to the Stack in the Box channel, and you will see this mug right here talking about free agency as it unfolds. 11-01, we're doing a pregame. We're doing a show, and maybe we'll even go longer. Who knows? But at least two, the first two hours of the tampering period, we break down everything as it comes through. Yeah, make sure you're definitely checking out Stacking the Box. You get some really great league-wide coverage with Matt, Mark Carmen over there, and always a a lot of really cool guests that come through as well. All right, everybody, we are going to get out of here, but buckle up. And like I said, hit that bell if you're on YouTube to get that notification for when we go live on this channel. Because, I mean, really, from here on out, the news is already coming. So at any moment, there could be a a big Chiefs story and we'll be oh, here yeah. to break it down for you we're, we're literally carrying i've got them right here we're carrying our headphones with us at all times in case we're not at a computer so we can like do this show from our phones it's pretty much a mandate for the month so it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun and then we're going to roll right into the draft so we will see you guys if uh if nothing big happens between now and then next tuesday matt connor and sterling holmes will be back Vertoram and i will be back on thursday but i think you'll probably there's a good chance you might see us before that But until that happens, 
for Matt Verderam, Patrick Allen. Thank you all so much for listening. And as always, go Chiefs. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.